we praise God for those blessings. I, I also just get to celebrate times, things that happen real time this week that we didn't have time to make a video for that just need to be celebrated, that have not as much to do spiritually, but just are, are encouraging to me. For one is this, I don't know if you heard this, but the junior high cheerleading team known as the Jays, and they've been flying all year long. If you know, if you've been to the games, you know what I'm talking about. They won state in the cheer competition. Let's get, let's celebrate with them. Great job, girls. And then uh, this week happened, both the boy, boys' Comet basketball team and the lady Comets both won outright their conference championship this week. It hasn't happened since 2018 that they won it the same year. Let's celebrate with them. Great job. That's great. And those things are cool to celebrate. Congratulations. I know some of you are in the room. Maybe you've got grandkids that are part of that. It's exciting. But also this week that happened, and I'm so thankful, last week we were talking about uh, walking well with your spouse. Today we're talking about walking well with children. But over the course of the week, uh, we have reports, and I've talked to some families, where the mom and dad, the husband and wife, prayed together for the first time ever. And I just want to praise God for that. Let's give God glory for that. It matters. Um, the Christian life is meant to be lived together. It's a statement we made last week, and I want you to just think about that. You, you can see that it's good to be together. Uh, you can see it in the FFA group, okay? Uh, this group of uh, high school students focused on ag and the future of ag business, they're stronger together than any one of those students are on their own. Your families are stronger. You, you as with your husband and wife are stronger. This church is stronger. We're meant to live together. The Bible says it this way. It says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity, when we get along, when we work for a common goal, when we uh, encourage one another, when we pray for one another, when we're there uh, to pick each other up when we're down, uh, the Bible says it's good when that unity is among us. In fact, when it's in our marriages, when it's in our homes, when it's in our churches, when it's in our, our, our friendships, here's, here's what happens. The Bible says this in Psalms 133, there the Lord gives his blessing. Not in the shop class, not in this room, but it's in the unity that we have in our relationships where God blesses things. Amen? Do you guys see that in your life where, where there's unity, there's, there's blessing? It may be a sports team, it may be a marriage. A very wise church leader told us as the eldership this week, he reminded us that there will be a blessing when there's unity in the church. It's, it's what the scripture says. And I thank God that the blessing of unity starts right at the top with our elders. And I thank God for the unity that he's giving us right now. And, and there's a blessing among us right now. I pray that you see it in, in baptisms and in, in different types of growth and people uh, coming to pray together and people uh, being generous together. And today we're going to see that we can, continue, can continue to offer hope as we focus on God and serving each other and loving one another. Uh, today we're going to apply that to walking with children. Walking well with the next generation. Uh, walking with kids is something most of us uh, had planned to do at some point in our lives. You may even be a teenager here today and you start to think about, it'd be cool to have a, a kid someday to do this with or do that with and, and walk well in life together. Um, th there are times when, when we probably romanticize the idea of there's someday I'm going to have kids and they're going to do this, this, and this. Uh, we, we, we get married and we're like, oh, I just can't wait to have uh, kids I can share this with. Many married couples uh, dream of the day they have kids of their own. 
But let's be real for a second. Those of us that have had kids, it's not a walk in the park, is it? Amen? It's hard at times. It's difficult. There are times when raising kids is anything but easy. So how do we do it together? There's some of you that have toddlers in the room. You're, you're like, oh, it's a piece of cake. But deep down inside, you already know you got your hands full. I ran across a, a, a husband and wife recently that had two toddlers. And I literally heard them say, not to me, but someone else. And I let it slide, but here's what they said. If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. They said, we just can't wait to our, to, until our two toddlers are teenagers. It's going to be so much easier. If you have teenagers, you know it doesn't get easier. I just went through a summer with four teenage boys. And I've talked to some uh, parents and grandparents that are older than me. It never gets easier. Your, your kids could be 30, 40, 50 years old, and you're still concerned with them. You're still desiring for them to be blessed, and it's, it's difficult at times. It's harder than we think. So how do we walk well with them? What I found is if you walk long enough with a child, with, with young people, with a family, one of you is going to wear out at times. Here's just a picture of what that looks like. Okay, go show this picture of walking in the park. There's a, there's a time when you're walking with your kids, and, and they just say, I'm not going another step. I, I can remember days walking with my boys and Tiffany at like a, a state park, and maybe it's a, a four-mile hike to the waterfall, and everybody gets to the waterfall, but then like 100 yards away from the waterfall, the toddler just like, I'm done. You know, they're like, you, you, I can't walk. So you end up carrying them. It's beautiful. It's also rewarding, though. It is rewarding. This week over Valentine's Day, I was thinking of just the rewarding Valentine's Day celebrations we've had at the house. I love to see my boys loved on by their mom. Look at this picture. Uh, some of you have seen my boys grow up. This is when they were all kind of in that age where, man, we were figuring out how to live together in, in life, and they really cherished Valentine's Day. Tiffany would do things that were super romantic, even for the family. Uh, for a lot of years, we never, Tiffany and I, still to this point, we don't have Valentine's dinner together. We would have it with the entire family. She would make this Valentine's meal, like red mashed potatoes, and, and we'd have these sparkly plastic things where we'd drink that uh, non-alcoholic uh, cider in. And man, it was a special night. We'd yell for the boys to come down and be dark. And look at this picture. They would come down from upstairs, and half of them wouldn't have shirts on, okay? for this romantic dinner. <laughs> they, they would be there, and you know, um, that was, I think, our first Valentine's with Daly. She's feeding me those mashed potatoes right there. But they're, they're very rewarding times when you're walking with your kids. It's not easy, but it's worth it. This week, we had a Valentine's dinner. It wasn't on Valentine's Day. We couldn't work that out, so I think it was Thursday. Tiffany called all the boys in together, and, and we're sitting there, and I said, hey, I need to take a picture. They're like, you're not going to show this at church. I, I agree not to, and you're not going to see a picture you'll have to ask them if they actually had shirts on this year, okay? You'll just have to ask them yourself. Um, but the reality is it's rewarding to walk with kids. It's worth it. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it another Valentine's year to come around and celebrate a dinner like that. Some of you are like, if my kid doesn't kill me, I, I may kill them. That's how crazy things are. But it's worth it, guys, and God calls us to walk well with them because God loves kids. Jesus loves children, and we're called to love them and walk with them well. You're like, well, I'm off the hook today because I don't have any kids. I'm not a grandparent. I'm not even an aunt and uncle. Here, here's what I want you to know. No one is off the hook. If you're a follower of Christ, Christ is calling all of us to walk with younger people well. 
Parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, uh, neighbors, uh, coaches, Christians. We're, we're called to walk with the next generation well and love on them and grow them in Christ. One of the goals of our church is this, to grow young together. You know what you usually do when you grow? You grow old. This is what happens. We naturally grow old, but we've got to really work at this. We can, as a church family, grow young together. And what that means is we're always going to be identifying someone younger than us in the faith and growing with them. And when we do that, the church continues to grow young as more and more people follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this. This is one of my expectations of everyone here. FFA members, you're off the hook for a moment unless you go to this church. But this is what this church is about. We're going to grow young together. I need your help. The elders have asked you this, to help us grow young, walking with someone younger in the faith. So if you're 80 and you identify a 65-year-old who's just gotten to know Jesus, that's your one you're walking with. Most of us are going to grow uh, focused on someone that may be a teenager, maybe may a, a young child, but we're all going to grow young, investing in someone younger than us. And you know who we can see who does that really well? Jesus if you've got a Bible or you can look on the screen, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 10. If you've got to grab a Bible around you, it's on page 846. If it looks like this, you can find it real quick. But we're going to look at Jesus' example of how to walk well with younger people. It's an amazing story. It's a real short story. I think sometimes we overlook its power. Look what it says in Mark 10, starting with verse 13. And they were bringing children to him, this is Jesus, that he might touch them. They're like, we want Jesus in their life. And the disciples rebuked them. He, they rebuked the children. Here, here's basically what's happened. Grandparents and parents are bringing children, very young children, that Jesus could bless them and touch them and be honored by Jesus. And the disciples are like, oh, Jesus, don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for these kids. Get them out of here. And Jesus sees this, and look what he says. He rebukes them. And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Jesus, it says he was indignant. It's a word we don't use much. It basically means he, he was upset. Uh, one, one Greek translation of this word says he burned inside. He had a, he had a holy fire. It's like, this is wrong, and I'm going to make it right. So he begins to talk to them about why these children are so important. He says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to kids like this. Look at verse 19 or 15. It says, truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter into it. There, there's a, we could preach a whole message on this, but he's basically saying the pure heart of a child is, should be valued. And if, if we had a childlike attitude, that, that's what the kingdom of God is about. And, and here's what we're going to spend the rest of the time with this just one sentence. And he took them in his arms. This is Jesus. He took them. He blessed them laying his hands on them. We're going to follow this model of Jesus and, and look at how we can walk well with one another, especially the next generation. Here's the first thing I see that Jesus did when walking with them is he embraced them. Here, here, here's the thing to remember. We can walk well with the younger generation by embracing them. We're doing it somewhat today. We're embracing the FFA thing. It's a privilege to have you here. Uh, we're embracing them. We're, we're taking them into our arms in this fellowship at this time. But, but Jesus is saying we're to embrace the next generation. We're, we're to take them in. He, he says he held them in their arms. This would have been shocking of that day. In the first century culture, when Jesus was living, 
especially in the Roman world and in the Jewish world also, if you were a young child, especially preteen, if you were uh, just an infant or maybe a toddler, you were not even viewed as fully human. I, I forgot that, guys. There, there was parts of the culture where if you were a young child and you had nothing to offer to the world and all you did is consume food and needed your diaper changed, nobody wanted anything to do with you. And the disciples are like, Jesus, you got bigger things to do. Don't, don't mess with these kids. And yet he said, no, let me hold on to them. He took them in. Guys, that's what we're to be doing. We're to be embracing kids and showing them their value. It was very uh, common for a kid to be disgraced and pushed off. And some of your hearts are breaking about that right now. You, you think, how could there be a society that thinks a child is not fully human and they don't have ability to be around. They, they don't have a position in culture. They don't deserve to be there. Man, that breaks my heart to think that way. Do you think we're any better today? We have a society that, that identifies when people have value and when they don't have value. And, and if, if they're so young, we can discard them because they have no value. You know what that's called? That's called choosing if a person has the right to live or not. And Jesus was continually saying, these people have value no matter how old they are no matter how young they are. Guys, we need to be a, a, a culture of Christians that, that promotes value of everyone, even the unborn. Amen? The youngest of children. We're going to be seen as old-fashioned to think that the unborn have the right to life. But we're not different than that culture at all if we begin to choose who can come around Jesus. Jesus embraced the kids. He says, let the kids come to me. Uh, in the original text, in, in the Gospel of Luke, the, the word there is infant. When a child can't do anything, Jesus says, man, they have extreme value. So hear this, parents and grandparents and older people. Next time you're tempted to look at a child and dismiss them, to think of them as they're a pain, they're a problem, you need to repent and say, I, I, my thinking's wrong. Because Jesus embraced these kids. I wonder how many times, though, uh, you hear this also, you see it on social media, where a mom or a dad will say, boy, I'm glad it's the end of the day. The kids are driving me crazy. Uh, the rugrats just keep climbing up the wall. We say things like that. If I can just get them put to bed and, and get a, a cup of wine, then maybe I can make it the next day. Do you know what that says to our kids when they read that? When they hear us talking like that? It shows their values way down here. That may be how you feel someday, but let us not have our kids hear us that we think they're a problem, they're not worth our time, because that is wrong. We need to repent. They're valuable. They matter. Draw them near to you and embrace them, as Jesus did. Guys, youth have always mattered here at FCC, and I want to praise you right now. This church, the leadership from before I was born, was valuing students. Just this week, I got a letter in the mail from someone that John Heston right here had valued a long time ago that has mental handi handicap uh, 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 issues, and there was maybe some things that, that he would have been pushed away in society. John Heston loved this guy, and he's still writing letters to the church and giving uh, $4 was in that envelope, and I opened it up. I was just blown away. He said, thank you. Give this to another kid who needs help. That was probably 40 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't know. An amazing thing. We, we invest in Sunday school. We invest in vacation Bible school. 
Years ago, you decided to have a youth pastor and children's ministers. You continue to invest in extravagant ways where the world say, well, that's too expensive. You saw that clip of uh, CIY with the third and fourth graders. They went for free because many of you said, we want these kids to go even if they can't afford it. We, we have made sure that kids have had a place where they can feel like they're valued. In retreats and camp, we have staff, great staff, Andrea, who helps us with our family life ministry. You're going to hear about that more in a minute. Uh, Tiffany, who works with elementary kids. Uh, Adrian, who helps with, uh, with just the administration of that. Ben Harris, our, our student minister. They are, they are here uh, to invest. But you know who makes the best ministry-minded people for a child to really help them grow is you, the parents and grandparents. I'm so thankful also for our college kids that are pouring in to our junior high and high school students. I'm thankful uh, for the, so many people that invest. Brian and Tracy Smith have been empowered to pour into our young adults because they matter. They've been given a budget for the first time this year to say, hey, this is stuff that you can, uh, resources you can invest in the young adults. And you can't forget about Miss Beth and Miss April in the preschool. Man, they do so well with their, our preschool children through the week. I don't know if you knew this, but every Wednesday, one of our staff members of the church uh, goes down and speaks to the preschoolers. And it's a challenging. It's harder than speaking to you because, I, you know, I do it like maybe uh, almost um, every other month. And you go down there and you think you've got something and so, a kid just hijacks the whole lesson. But this week, Don Ackerman um, went down to talk to our preschoolers and he took his guitar. Look at the next picture. He's doing a devotion. They're playing guitar together. He stole the show. There are groupies now from our preschooler that follow Don around, okay? <laughs> Don is the grandfather of Tyson and Cale Ackerman. Man, he's got a heart for kids and he's our custodian. That makes me excited. I thank you so much for investing in our young children. I wonder how many of you have invested. In a minute, I'm going to have you stand. Think about if you've ever taught Sunday school, if you've ever worked in the nursery, if you've ever done a devotion, if you've ever went to camp or helped with VBS, if you have uh, done anything to invest in the young kids of the church. Maybe it was 40 years ago. Maybe it was just last week. If you've invested in our young people or young adults like Brian and Tracy are, would you please stand? I just want to say thank you to you. Stand up. Let's praise God for these people. Good job. You can be seated. It matters. It really does. Thank you for embracing our kids. You're, you're investing in the next generation. Some of you are thinking, boy, but I need more help, and, and we want to invest in that. Andrea has developed the faith path, which I talked about. And one of the beginning of parts of the faith path is something called, um, it's called positive discipline. And it starts next month, and it goes on March the 18th. So if you have a child in your family, age 2 through 7, a positive discipline can help you learn how to discipline them, how to train them, how to, how to help them correct their behavior. And it does it in a, a humorous way. Andrea does a great job um, uh, blending uh, scripture and other just great advice for raising your kids. If you have a child around that age, get signed up with Andrea. Do it online. It's March the 18th from 9 till noon one day. There's going to be child care. What a great opportunity. We have this in place because kids matter. You might be thinking, well, why do they matter so much? Because it matter to Jesus. That's one reason. But we also know the reason we need to invest in them now is that 80% of people who ever come to know Jesus do it before the age of 18. 
So what are we going to put most of our investment in evangelism, telling people about Jesus? It's in these 18 and younger. Uh, do we value 88-year-old and 108-year-old? Absolutely. But, but we have a very narrow window to impact someone's life with the message of Jesus, and we're going to make sure we're doing that well. And I thank you for helping us walk in that. We need to love kids and, and teach them and model for them and discipline them. We need to continue to always, always encourage them. Here's another thing we're going to do. We're going to walk well with the younger generation by encouraging them, not just embracing them. In the text, it says Jesus blessed them, and we think, well, Jesus just laid his hands on them and prayed, and that was it. The, the Greek word here for blessed is the same word we get our word in English called eulogy. When you generally hear a eulogy, do you know what the person is? Dead. But Jesus is eulogizing children. Here's what I would suggest. This is real simple. If you're a parent or grandparent, eulogize your kids when they're living and not when they're dead. Amen? And what that means is you're going to look them in the eye and tell them they're valuable, they're beautiful, uh, the things they do well, the, the things you're proud of them for. It literally means to speak well of them, and that's it. So let me ask you this. When's the last time you spoke well of a young person? When's the last time you looked somebody in the eye younger than you that looks up to you that, that would value your opinion and say, you're awesome? You're awesome, by the way. FFA, you, you, you guys are awesome. You, you're, you're smart. You, you do amazing things. I'm, I'm proud of your accomplishments. Bryant, who, who's now a part of the Gamilla family, he, he's, a, he's a great young boy, full of energy. When's the last time you, you looked at your child and said, I'm so proud of you. You do amazing things. Parents, when's the last time you spoke kindly of your kid? I'm not talking about just... Uh, gloating over what your son has done to the guys or bragging about what your girl has done to your girlfriends, I am saying, actually going up to your child and saying, you're amazing. When's the last time you did that? Maybe grandparent, when's the last time you did that? You, you said things like, I, I know the class is hard, but you're working hard. Never give up. You, you can do this. You're great. When's the last time you slowed down to say, we're here for you? We love you. God loves you. We're going to do that today. If you are 25 or younger, please stand up. FFA kids, if, if you're in the room, you're 0 to 25, stand up. We're going to have the kids come in. Uh, we're going to have our elementary kids come in. They're just going to come up here on stage. You can see our church is full of this age. And we're going to leave the toddlers in the room because they wouldn't hear what I said anyways, okay? The, the toddlers aren't coming in, but our K, really our kindergartners and on up are in the room. And they're going to come in, and if you're standing, or if you're walking in the room right now, what we're going to do is just begin to pray over them and speak well of them, and let them hear how much they're valued in us and among us. As they come in, let's, let's give them a, a God of glory for them. All right, they're still coming in. There's quite a few of these guys. I love it. You guys want to, anybody want to come up here with me over here? You guys can come up, go ahead, come up on this next level. You guys come over here. Yeah, come over. Just kind of fill in right here so everybody can see you. Because if you get on the floor, they won't be able to see you at all. Come over here. So here's what I want you guys to know. You guys can turn and look at me. I know um, your parents and grandparents are here. It's great. I want you guys to know you were put in this place in America, Bond County right now in Greenville, in this church. Uh, and you're, you're, you're blessed by that. God's given you so much opportunity, and you're amazing. 
Congregation, would you just say this with me on the count of three? They're amazing. One, two, three. You're amazing. We want you to know that you're loved by God and loved by us. And this is a place where you, we want to have your back. We want you to know that when things are tough, we're walking in this together. It means we're not alone. And Christ died for you, and you're going to live and thrive. And we want you to know if there's anything you set your mind to, you can do it, and we'll be here to help you. Um, we are so proud of you. Your parents um, are so proud of you. But this church family, this church family, we love you. So never forget that, okay? If you ever need help, you can come here and you can lean on us and we'll pray for you. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray for you. So if you know one of these kids, uh, man, lift them up in your mind by their, by their uh, first name and begin just to pray for them. If you are a former FFA member, uh, be praying for one of these FFA students. But we're just going to ask God to bless them and we're going to speak well over them right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this next generation that you're you've gathered around us that's in us that is the the church now father i pray that they know they're loved by you and that they they're loved by us their parents and their church family father give them encouragement today let them know they're strong and powerful uh, through you and, and they're beautiful they're handsome father give them confidence to to work hard and to trust you whenever they can't do it on their own Father, I pray if they ever have a need, they know that they can trust those in this room, their family, and their church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Boys and girls, you came in with Tiffany. You're free to go. Let's give them, you guys can be seated out there, but let's praise God for them again. Thank you for coming in today. You guys can head out. You guys can go. All right. Hey, while they're leaving, I also want you to know, parents and grandparents, um, in the Parent Hub, in the Parent Hub is uh, these blessing cards. And basically what we just modeled is that you need to, we need to be blessing our young people. The Parent Hub is right across from the kids' check-in in the foyer, just around the corner from our new uh, commons place that we're remodeling. But on there every month is a blessing card. And it, this week, talks about respect. And then there's a prayer blessing. If you need a little help just to be thinking about what you can be saying and speaking over the kids, pick one of these up every month, Okay. And then take it home and, and pray this prayer over. There, there's a prayer right here that you could pray, that you could be a godly example together uh, and lift up. It, it's, um, it's a great resource to do what we just did on a daily basis in your home. Our kids deserve to know they're loved and encouraged. Not only did Jesus embrace them, he encouraged them. There's one more thing he did. I'm almost done. He endorsed them. We need to walk well with those younger than us endorsing them. When the world wanted to dismiss them, Jesus said, no, I'm going to endorse them. You know how he did it? The Bible said it was pretty simple. He laid his hands on them. I struggled with this one this week a little bit. Why, why did Jesus lay his hands on the children? Um, a lot of times in Scripture, Jesus would lay his hands on someone who was sick. These kids weren't sick, were they? Sometimes he laid his hands on people when they were uh, demon-possessed. They weren't demon-possessed. Sometimes he would lay his hands on people when they uh, needed their sins forgiven. These kids were perfect. He was talking to the youngest of the young. It'd be like the two-year-old toddler. Uh, and, and they didn't have any sins, so they didn't need their sins forgiven. What Jesus was doing when he lays his hands on them was saying, they're mine. He was saying, I'm endorsing, they're in the family. Man, endorsements are powerful, aren't they? You know how powerful an endorsement is? 
it changes the value of something. That's, that's, why, that's why companies get people to endorse things because it changes its value, the perceived value, the known value. I'm going to show you three different people, and I want you to shout out who these people are, and then before we go to the next slide, I'm going to ask you what they endorse. See if you know. I think you're going to know. Who, who's this first guy? What's his name? Anybody know? George Foreman. Anybody know what he endorsed? A grill where he cooked burgers on. And go ahead and show us that grill. You know how much George Foreman made from that endorsement? $200 million for cooking burgers on a grill. Endorsements change things. Who's this next guy? Anybody know who this next guy is? Yeah, that's Captain Kirk, too. That's what he was really known as at first. Does anybody know what he endorsed? Let me hear it. Priceline. Uh, it's still, he, they still use him. He endorsed Priceline. It was estimated that he has made $600 million off endorsing Priceline. I, I did a snoop on that. That's not true. That, that was just a bad thing, but it caught my attention. They, they adjusted that. He did not make $600 million. You're like, that's way off. He only made $13 million from those commercials. You should feel sorry for him, right? But his endorsement really made that more successful. Here's one more. Who's this guy? Jordan. The GOAT. I just, I'm just going to throw that out there. I think he's the GOAT still. I think he, he is. Anybody know what he endorsed? Nike shoes. Air Jordans. Look, look at this next picture. This, he was young there, man. Those were the coolest shoes that I never had. Oh. <laughs> Way back then, they were over 100 bucks. You know, I never had a pair. Air Jordan changed the game of shoes, of fashion, of sports. Them securing Michael Jordan uh, forever changed the trajectory of Nike. Do you know how much Michael Jordan has made to this date from Nike, his endorsement? $1.3 billion with a B. And Nike's thankful for every dollar they paid him because it has made them multiple times more money than that. His endorsement was worth it so much. There's a new movie coming out. It's called Air. Uh, I, I, I want to see it. I'm not uh, encouraging you to see it yet because I haven't seen it. But, but it, 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 all it does, it evaluates the power of Michael Jordan's endorsement through Air Jordan and the Nike brand. It, it's going to be a blockbuster movie. There's so much blessing in the right endorsement. Just with the right touch, a shoe, food, an electric grill can be extremely more valuable. Here's the reality of parents and grandparents and Christians, adults. The right endorsement on your kid's life can change everything for them. You taking time to touch their life, to, to impact them, to save their mind, like just slow down and say, I, I value, you're important. Their self-esteem, their confidence can go through the roof. And it's on us as Christians, as grandparents, as parents, as just people in the room, it's on us to say these kids are invaluable. Let it be true of us in this next generation that we value them, to pour our lives into them, to take the time to touch their lives, make it a priority every chance you get to impact their lives. And, and here's what I'll say in closing. This is scary. If we don't impact our kids, somebody else will. 
if you grandparents and parents aren't investing in your kid's life, touching their lives in a way that matters, somebody else will. And when we let it up to the world and they're touched by something that's dangerous and or evil, it will cost them more than you're willing to, to, to give up. So we need to make it a priority to invest in our kids. I've seen it over and over again where parents aren't close enough to invest. Something in this culture steps in and fills a void, and it often brings them to their knees. Man, it's scary for me. I've raised four boys to this point, and they, I know, needed their dad. And and I'm so proud of my boys. I could have been there more. Sometimes I get busy, and and they have adjusted well. They have done well, and, and, and I need to do better. I'm so proud of them. But I've noticed with my daughter daily... If I'm not available to give her my focus and my influence and my touch, she so much needs an influence, she'll run to something else in a heartbeat. And it's scary what she could run to and what might start influencing her life. Fathers and mothers, whether you're son or daughter, we need to realize that our, our kids, the next generation, need our endorsement. They need our influence. And I am so thankful, hear this, over the last five or six years for how so many of you have invested in Dawson, Deke, and Declan, and Drake in daily. It matters. Invest in other children's life. It matters. And invest in your kids' lives. And we can walk well with the next generation, next generation when we embrace them, when we encourage them, and we endorse them. I'm going to invite the band to come and sing now. They're going to sing a song and You're going to join in. You may have never heard the song before, but I pray that this song becomes your prayer. So would you stand with us? I I pray that as they sing, the words of this song become our attitude to what we're going to do with our children. And it's going to say blessing a lot. But right now as we sing, think about the children in the room, the young adults, and just say, I want this to be true of you. I I want you to feel that this is what I want for you, that that God is for you. He's, He's with you. You're blessed. Father in heaven, as we sing this song, I pray that we live out what Jesus has done. In his name we pray, amen.